All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're the gun. You hear that, motherfuckers? DJ Nubis with you on the Metal Time Radio Podcast. Brand new episode of the Hordes of Chaos. A lot of cool things to get to today. Music-wise, uh, new stuff from Intenebrae's Evil Feast, Havoc, brand new Vader. Uh, that album has already become one of my favorites of the year. Uh, new uh, Autumn for Crippled Children, new Trivium, Empire as well, plus many, many, many more. Uh, a lot of cool topics to get to today. I've got a couple of documentaries uh, to discuss with you all. Um, some gaming news with uh, WoW. And, uh, of course, a review for the movie Itsy Bitsy. So, I will get to that a little later. A uh, few things of note, though. Um... If you noticed, a few days ago I changed the episodes from the dates that we were... Basically, when I was doing the review, uh, the podcast, I was doing them by dates so that they would be like for weeks they were released. But since I've been pumping them out a little faster, even when Neko's here, we were doing them pretty consistently where... Like, I'm ahead of the schedule, really. I'm ahead by like two weeks. So, instead of worrying about... Release and I'm like on certain days and you know with the dates whatever they just changed them over to episodes so this way it won't matter how fast I get them out there or how slow um, so uh, obviously if we're getting them out fast for you and you're enjoying them that's great um, but at least I give myself some leeway in case I get stuck not able to do them you know as often but either way uh, this is episode sixty pretty good not bad for like a year's worth of stuff right uh one other thing i want to talk about and this kind of came up late it wasn't really going to be a topic for today but interestingly enough i have friends who are music fans on the broncos forum denver broncos uh denver bronco fans like myself and obviously we talk about off-topic stuff whether it's politics music whatever um movies of course uh but Musically, uh, someone had brought up 
uh, just a discussion about, you know, albums that are really good at, like, bands that have, like, four great albums and are also critically acclaimed and also very popular with the masses. So, obviously, for me, some of it could be, like, a lot of the hard rock of the 80s, like Molly Crew, Rad, Van Halen, stuff like that, that were very popular. And I would say those bands have close to four albums worth of really good stuff. Um, then, of course, you can, you know, if for me as being a metal fan, I can always find metal bands that have four great albums that have been around for a while. But that obviously doesn't fit the criteria of what they were talking about. But obviously, as the discussion went on, people had their own views and interpretations of what they feel rock represents and it kind of all started with whether or not Garth Brooks is re regular country rock or is he southern rock and obviously for me and from people that I know who are actually Garth Brooks fans he's country rock basically country pop so um, so unless I can't say for sure, but unless Garth Brooks went from country to southern rock, and I don't know, I don't like the guy as a musician, so it doesn't matter. But unless he changed his identity, much like Metallica going from thrash metal to or thrash or speed metal to uh, rock and roll, uh, or Taylor Swift going from country to pop, I mean, unless he did that 180 go on a whole different direction, then I would still consider Garth Brooks country rock. Um, and that caused a bit of a debate for people because when I, we start talking about Metallica, what they wanted to try to throw Metallica into the rock genre. And I said, well, that's fine, but you have to only use a certain time frame or portion of their music to consistently be included into that. Now, these guys disagreed. Now, they're fine, in my opinion, having their own viewpoints and, and positions on that. However, I'm very hard-headed with stuff like this because this is this is what I do. Music is what I do. doesn't mean I'm the be-all, end-all to discussions. However, uh, I invest a lot of fucking time in knowing what I'm talking about with bands. And especially when it comes to rock and metal. I've been a, a rock and metal fan for my entire life. We're talking about going back to when I was five years old, uh, listening to Zeppelin and Blue Oyster Cult and Gary Wright on the radio, you know, to the 80s where I started getting into, like, Styx and, you know, Rush, Van Halen, Rat, all them guys. And then, of course, towards the late, when I got into Thrash, Death, and then, of course, Black Metal later on in my 20s. But... You know, I spent a lot of time listening to different bands, and, and even though there's crossover, you have bands that obviously have crossed over into different genres playing around with that, but you have to be careful how you label something, because when, we've, we've discussed this before, when you try to explain to somebody, if someone comes to you and says, you know what, dude, I heard this band uh, called, uh, we'll just say... Um, We'll use Metallica. We'll say, you know, I heard Master of Puppets. Now, what would you recommend me check out that's similar to that vibe? Well, I'm not going to give you 
Cannibal Corpse as a, a comparison to that, or I'm not going to give you Led Zeppelin as a comparison of that because neither one fits that mold. Now these guys tried to argue that rock is rock, rock is metal, but it, it's it's not that simple. It isn't really that simple. You can't put that generalized umbrella on that. There's a lot more to it than that. Uh, both in arrangements of the music, uh, how it's presented, and of course the the vibe that it brings. Um, you know, now we they had someone come up last night and say that Beastie Boys is rock again totally disagree uh and there's documentaries actually explain that the beastie boys are actually rap they they are part of the rap genre they they grew they grew as a band within the hip-hop circuit so it's like it's not something you could just say oh yeah, yeah they're rock you know you can't say because you know notoriously carrie king from slayer played on a couple songs on license ill that all of a sudden that makes them a metal band or a rock band. That's not how it works. It's not how this works. You can't do that. Uh, we can't take Anthrax, who is a thrash heavy metal band, and have them do a collaboration with Public Enemy and then all of a sudden call them hip-hop or rap. It, it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. Um, so yeah, I'm hard-headed about stuff like that because I think it's important to be specific about what they're doing it doesn't you can argue all day whether or not a band is good or bad for changing their sound like metallica or whatever i don't care about all that obviously i have my own opinions about their work over the years but i can distinguish between thrash and speed metal era metallica and fucking rock hard rock metallica it, there's two separate things for me there um and same with any kind of like hip hop or whatever. Like you just you can't take a band that is playing ninety nine point nine percent metal and then like like Obituary. They did a song with uh, I forget who it was. It was a rap group back in the early nineties, and they did a song off uh, I think it was World Demise. Uh, that was like a, a rap metal thing. It was kind of the hit. It was a hip thing to do at the time where these metal bands were mixing with uh, rap groups and doing stuff. That doesn't make obituary a rap band. Sorry. Don't want to crush anybody's spirits but that doesn't make them a fucking rap band for doing that. Uh, so I, it was an interesting discussion. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. I love these guys like a lot. Um, I love talking football and music with them. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but in this case, it was a little bit frustrating for me because I'm like, you know, I want to partake in this discussion about, you know, some of the greatest records ever. But, you know, if we're going to stick to the rock genre, then let's stick to the rock genre. Let's not deviate into other areas where that doesn't blind. These guys are kind of like picking and choosing what they want to fit into that mold. And I just think that's incorrect. You know, I mean, if I said, "Well, I want to include all the metal stuff," and they they would say no because they don't they don't it's not popular. It's not like all this other stuff. But if you're going to include Metallica's Black Album or whatever, then that's metal. And even though that was kind of like their beginning to their end, as far as like being an actual thrash band, there's still a lot of metal influence on the Black Album to make it a metal record. So load onto their present day is pretty much all their rock material for me okay 
Let's move on to our music, our first block here. Uh, caught this band actually off of Metal on Mania with Chris and Kelly Grant, Crypt and Scully. Uh, they always introduced me to bands either I overlooked initially or um, introduced me to new stuff. So I got a couple of tracks in this podcast today uh, that I specifically got through them in terms of learning about the groups. Uh, and this one kicking out this first block is Reverber, Sect of Faceless.
Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. Alright, uh, closing out that first block is Bismarck with their tile track on Neuromancer. Alright, so, you know... I'm going to get into a movie review here, but, you know, it's funny because I had this weird, like, fascination or appreciation and even fear of spiders. Like, not to the point where I'm, like, jumping up on chairs and crazy shit like that, but uh, there's always just that creepiness factor, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that, but... Over the years, when I'm young, you know, I'm watching different movies, you know, whether it's like Kingdom of the Spiders, Eight-Legged Freaks, uh, Curse of the Black Widow, Arachnophobia, stuff like that. It, it kind of helps to re to reignite those fears, and uh, so even like for whatever reason, when it comes to like horror movies or even horror shorts, like you know, when you had that TV series Monsters. They had an episode where a giant spider played a factor in that particular episode. So, I'm fascinated, but also, like, fearful. And I've, I've actually owned a tarantula at one point. So, it wasn't like I was unable or unwilling to admire them and what they are and what they mean to nature and everything else. But, it's just funny that, like... Of all the things in the world that can creep me out, spiders still hold that sense of fear. Uh, so anyway, it gets to the latest movie that I've seen. Uh, Neko wanted to kind of see this too, but she was she's not here, and the movie was on Prime. So I, I took I checked it out. Uh, it's called Itsy Bitsy. Obviously, plays off of the little poem Itsy Bitsy Spider, but has really nothing to do with that. Um, I'll start with the, the 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 pros are basically the effects are fantastic. Um, they didn't rely on CGI. The animatronics for the spider were pretty amazing, uh, and really it, it did have like a creepiness factor of like arachnophobia or Kingdom of the Spiders and stuff like that. So you still had some jarring moments. Um, where the movie fails really is the story and plot. Um, it's kind of like all over the place. Like you think it's going to be one thing, and it really kind of just turns into a whole different other thing. Uh, basically, the story is you've got a family, a mother and two kids, a young boy and young girl, who come to help out uh, aging uh, archaeologists, uh, played by Bruce Davidson, who's been in the business a while as far as acting and all that. So you're probably familiar with his work. Um, so he, he, Bruce Davidson plays an archaeologist who collects things, obviously, and his stepson steals this black, like, uh, relic artifact from this tribe that worships, uh, what is Ma Kalaratri, I believe, Kalaratri, uh, you know, the multi-armed figure, but they use it as like a spider god in this film so he steals this artifact and gives it to his stepdad saying that 
because he's killed like the tribesmen that were there because he felt that they were responsible for his mother's death and um, apparently it was malaria that took his mom but anyway uh, so obviously once he presents it to dad and dad's upset you know he tries to go back and get it and or breaks it out of anger or whatever and then releases the spider that was hibernating in there because apparently a spider would hibernate for periods of time and then the tribe would sacrifice one of the young to it in order to get whatever blessing it was going to give and not take over the world or whatever I guess once you fuck up that that line of thinking with it that it decides it's going to go on a havoc run but here it is it's released now and that's not happy and the woman and her kids come to take care of Bruce Davidson because he's aging and dying or whatever so, she comes with her own baggage. She's not dealing with the loss of her other son who died in a car accident probably due to her passing out or falling asleep at the wheel. So she has a lot of guilt about that. And they keep, you know, going back to uh, flashbacks with that with her. Uh, so she's taking drugs. Like, she'll steal drugs from Davidson's character in order to cope with this. And... Another familiar name in this is Denise Crosby, who played on Star Trek The Next Generation as Lieutenant Yar, for those that know. And she was in Pet Cemetery, the original Pet Cemetery, as the mother. Um, she plays a sheriff, so she's involved in, in noticing that this woman is not acting right or having some weird thing. But the problem is that the storyline itself is trying to do something totally different, whereas we got this spider god playing a factor in it, terrorizing the family at its house. And, you know, it, 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 like I said, the, the scare scenes and everything and the creepiness is all there, so it works, but the story is so flimsy and off the charts that you just, like, you don't even care about the characters at this point. Like, I've read some reviews where the critics are saying the storyline's really good, but they don't like everything else. Uh, that might be true if you want to actually make a movie based off that storyline, but for all intents and purposes with this film, uh, very little of that even matters to what's going on with the Spider God. So it, it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I definitely would recommend just a one-time viewing. Some people may really fall in love with that. I, I don't think it's quite that good at all in terms of like you know multiple views or owning but uh if you're into like the whole spider stuff and you know creepiness like of that all that shit then definitely check it out uh it's at least worth one view for me so not bad but not not really great either so but just check it out for the spider effects are what's really much matter here because it goes back to like some of the great stuff that we saw in the early 80s in terms of how they presented it so well done on that aspect all right, uh, next block of music I got for you. New Evil Feast in Tenebrez, and we're going to kick off some brand new stuff from Auroch, Carving the Axis Monday.
This is Elbo with the Bandy Thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. DJ Nil is back with the Mel Time Radio Podcast, Hordes of Chaos. Alright, so uh, some gaming news for some of y'all that play World of Warcraft. Uh, I've been playing since 2007. Now granted, I'm not the most diehard fan there is out there. I do have my own guild that I created years ago. Uh, I have a few friends that are involved, but we're all like laid back and we all just kind of play at our leisure we're not like diehard uh raiders or anything like that um but obviously one of my favorite characters is obviously the hunters the beast hunters beast master hunters um and one of the issues that i've run into and other fans of the particular character tune is that uh you know, when you're a beast mastery, when you're going out there, you know, you're trying to tame these elite animals and whatnot. Uh, what happens is some some animals that aren't even elite have cool looking looks. So as collectors, uh, we have started running out of stable space, and there's always been this ongoing debate about whether or not it's needed or if you know. Since you can only play one pet at a time, whether or not it's worth it, even though now they have Haiti, which you can have two pets up at one time helping, although one of them is the only one that really has the special effects. But either way, stable space has become a problem because despite having 50 slots or whatever, 50 or 60 slots, the issue becomes... uh, you know, if you're collecting them like I do, then obviously you have to let some go in order to keep other rare. So it's kind of a pain in the ass, but apparently with the upcoming expansion of Shadowlands, they're going to expand that some more. They say <laughs> receiving large increase. Now, from what I'm reading, though, it seems like it's only going to be 10 more slots. That's not really... It's it's an increase, which is good, but it's not as large as I would. I I'd rather them just go give us a hundred fucking stable slots, and let us go to town, and then if we fill them up, then so what. But the problem is, with each expansion, they introduce new animals, new tames, new whatever. Um, obviously, I don't go after every single creature that's out there. I mean, I stick to mainly like wolves, cats. Uh, I'd probably do spiders, but because I have to worry about space, I just don't. There's dinos out there, uh, rare gorillas, etc. But and of course your spirit beasts, which you know my two hunters uh, have all of them, except for like the ones I don't really care about, like the porcupines or whatever they are. But either way, uh, I'm happy they are expanding the slots. I just wish they. I hope they go beyond that because it's really going to be needed, so I can go back and get some of these other creatures that aren't that special in terms of what they can do while fighting but they are cool to look at and that's part of my reason why I collect like the one hunter I have I try to get all the cool looking cats and the rare cats and the spirit beast cats and you know obviously I have all the rares and the spirit beast but some of the other ones that I like the looks of I had to let go because no room 
So that's a little bit of news on that. They are doing a lot of different things with Shadowlands. Um, some of it I don't remember offhand, so I won't get too detailed about right now. But a lot of new effects for each character in tune. Um, I think they have like three separate what they call tribes or, or clubs. I, I, I'm not sure how it works, but you're going to be able to go into these three different factions and you can choose what their basically their major is going to be like one of them is like dark uh darkness another one might be some other type of uh priority in terms of how it's viewed uh but it, it'll be interesting how it plays out i have to see and like, i already paid for it but it's not going to be out till later this year but either way uh, one thing I was concerned about was stable space, and I might have to go check, and I haven't been on in a while, but uh, if they've already allowed some sp space for the time being, I'll have to go see and then go do some hunting, but outside of that, yeah. Uh, and other news, we're getting ready to go into another block of music here, and I talked about earlier how Metal Mania has introduced me to some new bands and new projects that are out there, and one of them is... Uh, project called Annihilation Process. Um, on a recent episode of A Metal Mania, they had an interview with Mike Dreyer, who in, plays bass in Critical Condition and in Lich King. And this new band he's playing guitar in. So it, I already like Condition Critical and Lich King, so it, it's I'm, I've already heard Annihilation Process, obviously, but. Um, it's pretty cool. It's great, it's great thrash. Um, a lot of like I think the New Jersey and Massachusetts area with those those projects. But uh, they got a I think Mike said they've got like a six to nine song record coming out soon. They've only, they released the one track uh, not too long ago that I'm playing for you today. But they have more coming, and I'm very excited to hear what they have for the rest of that record. And so without any further ado, here is Annihilation Process. And I've got some Havoc Invader in this block as well. Enjoy. I'll be back.
tonight from their brand new album, Solitude and Madness. That was Vader, Incineration of the Gods. Alright, uh, before that, obviously, uh, brand new stuff from Havoc, from their latest record, Five. Um, and there's been a bit of controversy, a little bit, I guess, with some of the people that I talked to, uh, Chris uh, from Metal Mania and some others, uh, about the new Havoc record. Uh, Havoc, when it comes to, like, modern thrash, uh... They're from Denver, Colorado. Uh, actually, my home state. Uh, but, uh, They've always been kind of hit or miss with me. Like, they have some tracks throughout their history that I really like. Uh, one of my biggest problems, though, in the first couple of records was there was so much Slayer influence that, like, I couldn't take them too seriously. Like, it just... It was too much Slayer worship, I should say. Um, so some of the riffs just remind me of what Slayer would do. So, like, it's one of those things where, well, gee, they're playing a Slayer riff, so why not just go listen to Slayer? But I think over time, in the last few years, they've managed to, like, incorporate their own sound. Like, uh, Unnatural Selection's a really solid record, great record. Uh, side fell off a bit. Uh, but this record here, like, to me... It's not like the greatest ever, but as far as them coining their own sound and get, find their own identity finally, uh, I think it's really come full circle for them with that. So that 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 from that perspective, uh, I think they've done a good job. There's a lot of good tracks on it. Uh, Fear Campaign, which I just played for you, was pretty fucking good. Uh, so I, I respect them from the point that they've kind of like left behind some of the other stuff that they were doing in terms of how they were writing their music and have found their own vision and their own uh, path with the music writing. So that, that good on them for that. Uh, the new record, I think, is going to take some time for people to digest a little bit, but it's pretty. It's a pretty solid record. I don't, I don't have any problems with it, really. All right, so let's get into our rock block. I've got classic stuff from ELO, Lizzie Borden, Scorpions, and Quicksand in there. Uh, a couple of new tracks we'll start off with. Uh, one of them will be Stonewall Noise Orchestra, a brand new band to me. Um, they have a new record called Death Tripper, so I've got a song in there from them. It's very cool stuff. Uh, we're all going to kick it off, though, with some brand new stuff from 51 Peg, who released like a three-song EP uh, just yesterday, actually. Uh, this is called Alternate Scene.
life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champion flat card season. You could be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
listening to Metal Tower Radio. You son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! Why? Why? Yeah! Famous scene from the original Poltergeist. When they discover that they built their house on top of a cemetery where the bodies were never removed. Uh, so, Amazon Prime's got a couple of docs that, you know, I checked out recently, and I'll talk about the other one a little later, but first one uh, is called Built on Graves, and even though they don't touch on anything paranormal or anything poltergeist related, it kind of just got me kind of funny because, well, funny and serious that, one, this shit actually happens <laughs> more than you actually think. This is what this doc brings up, which was kind of interesting. Uh, so the chances of paranormal activity actually happening in certain locations in the U.S. and across the globe due to this kind of effect may actually play a part in some of that. Who knows? Uh, but the doc itself concentrates more on the financial aspect and how often it actually happens. Like, you'd be kind of surprised at how often this kind of stuff happens on a different on different levels. Um, one of the locations called Heart Island, uh, a.k.a. Island of the Dead, off of the uh, New York coast, um, and so basically you have areas where they started out as cemeteries, obviously, and then like due to, due to the cities, uh, progressing and expanding, they oftentimes will build over grave sites that are either abandoned or demolished or just not kept up. So what happens is like, they'll just start chewing away at the ground. But, like, some of these excavation uh, companies, because of cost, like, well, if you have, like, a real cheap one, they're not going to know how to excavate uh, a grave site properly. So, like, they'll just take a backhoe and start pulling this shit up and doesn't care how the casket or the bodies end up coming up. So what happens a lot of times, they do this shit, pull up this stuff, and then they just dig one massive hole and dump everything in it. All the body parts and whatnot. There's no, nothing there to give back to the people who are relatives of the, the, the dead ones that have passed. So you have like parks built over them, shopping malls, housing, and... It's really, really crazy that how much this happened. And then there's the other part of it where some cemeteries that are still around because of financial costs of keeping them up and everything else will oftentimes, like, you know, pull the headstones and then re-dig up the buys and resell the plots to people and not tell anybody about this shit. So it's crazy, like... And I, I got to looking at this, and you have to think about the other aspect of all this is like mass mass graves for uh, mass tragedies. So you think about like the pandemic right now. 
uh, people dying at, at a pretty high rate. So since we can't go and go to these funerals and, you know, take care of this stuff like we normally would, how's it being handled? Are they just digging mass graves and dumping the bodies in there? Uh, think back to wartime with soldiers, uh, the Holocaust, all this stuff. You, you have all these mass graves out there that have it probably have cities built on top of them um you know at one time in california they found a house where they dug up a, a found a grave underneath it and it was from a young girl who but the grave was like 150 years old like it's crazy some of the stuff that's out there um in the end though like you know, the, the people that do it as doc, you know, they try and make it all kind of serious. And I get that part of it. Like, it, it seems a little bit over the top at points, but uh, they have some useful information in there. But at the same time, I, I start thinking about it. And one of their biggest complaints is we're kind of running out of room. It's almost like uh, we're ready for the night of the living dead where there's no room in the house. So they just start coming back from the grave kidding of course but it got me thinking about myself and how me and my wife want to pass on we both want to be cremated like it, to me there's no real point in preserving my body in a casket a casket that no one's going to see beyond my my wake you know what i mean so for me we're all turning to dust and going back into the fucking earth anyway so i'm just gonna cut to the chase and bypass the rest of the bullshit and just get burned up i'm not gonna feel it trust me unless of course they fuck up like they did that one dude i actually that was a fake news but that was a good story nevertheless but in the end we're just nothing but empty carcasses and cremation is probably the best answer going forward when we're talking about i mean unless you have like strong religious beliefs about how you need to be buried but for me, you know, if you're going to worry about how much room is out there for people to, um, you know, be buried and all this. I mean, you could put headstones down and represent your loved ones like you normally would. But is there really a need at this point to have large plots of dead bodies just sitting there? It just doesn't make a lot of sense, especially with, you know, humans continually to procreate and you know we are expanding as human beings on the earth and we have to think of better ways to discard I hate to use that term but discard of our dead because just keeping them around just doesn't make a lot of sense and it just takes up space and everything else so plus when you think about it urns you know are almost better in a way that you can bring them home and just put them somewhere and you know look at them and in some cases talk to them if that's a way of coping with their passing so i don't know it's an interesting documentary and uh check it out i thought it was kind of funny to use the poltergeist thing at the beginning because it just kind of talks about some of that stuff and how it happens and unfortunately a lot of it seems to be for financial reasons why a lot of this gets done but uh interesting to check out all right our next block of music Kick it off with some brand new stuff from KRV.
Raiders, Season 12 from Venus, a questionable band from Chile, and you are listening to Metal Table Radio. My favorite YouTube videos ever goes back many years. The little cat that's when cats attack and you think it's gonna pounce on the guy's face and he just meows lovingly. Uh, which brings me to the other documentary I want to talk about. Uh, for those that don't know, Neko and I love kitty cats. Love animals in general, obviously, but uh, cats are a thing. Always been my thing since I was really young. Uh, but the new doc that's out there called Cat Dip Nation um, talks about actual, like, feral cats and how to take care of them and the, the growing problem with them uh, producing more and more. You know, we have to get them under control. You see it kind of everywhere you go. I went, well, I'm a driver for Amazon. I'm out at some pretty suburbs and farmland sometimes, so... I came across this road one time, passing by this old farmhouse, and I kid you fucking not, like, in their driveway, it was a dirt driveway, and I'm driving by, and there was no less than 40 or 50 cats, all different ages, and they were kind of running up towards the road, which scared me, because I'm thinking, I don't want to run them over, but, like, I think they thought that I was there to bring them food. So clearly somebody was feeding them, probably either at the farm itself or somebody else that comes by and drops food off or whatever. But it, it it's like one of those things, like they were so feral, they were afraid to come up to me when I got out to kind of like go look at them and I wanted to touch them. But they're so skittish that they didn't want anything to do with me unless I had food with me. Uh, but had they been friendly, I would just like dive in and like, ha the kitty cats. So, you know, that's what shit I would be doing. Uh, but the doc that I watched, um, Amazon Prime, talks about a few people, mainly elderly people who are either retired or have gone through personal tragedies, whether it's, you know, cancer or they lost a loved one, whatever. They, they just found other ways to uh, go on in life, and one of their things is to help out feral cats, the... But it's had its own backlash with them because um, people in surrounding areas that don't aren't as compassionate uh, about these animals or find them a nuisance will often uh, threaten these people. Uh, they'll call the cops. Uh, there's actually, in some of these cities where this happens, there are laws enacted that if you feed or give water to a feral animal, you can actually face jail time, which is actually... In the uh, in the dock, there's an old couple that as the main people of this, and they actually had to go to court. Literally had to go to court 
to fight for not going to jail. Now, they won their case in the end, but it tells you just how fucking petty and stupid some of our local governments can be with this stuff. Now, the good news is there are uh, some laws and, and, and the way that some of these people that do this activism for these feral animals, they capture them, give them to the local uh, vets, and they will neuter and spade them and, you know, give them shots for rabies, and then they will take them back to those locations and release them. On one hand, I understand some of the issues with not controlling the breeding, and I could see the issues where animals like even cats can become a nuisance because at the end of the day, they're still wanting food. So even though most of them will always stay in a centralized area, on one case uh, called Seaside, New Jersey, I believe, they are actually at the beach. And where it's kind of like Ocean City, they got like the Ferris wheel and rides, and then there's this boardwalk that was torn to shred by a hurricane a few years ago. They kind of congregate right around that area now. I think most of them they got moved to a sanctuary, which I'm 100% in favor of. I know Florida has one of these things where they take a lot of the feral cats and put them in a sanctuary, which is great because you can keep them out of the way and you know they may still face natural dangers with random uh, wildlife that are out there but in the end you gotta kinda relocate them now in one case with this one cat called Buddy they took him nine miles away to put him in his sanctuary and literally the next day he disappeared they couldn't find him but then they found out uh, he had a chip, and so, like, he actually was making his way back to Seaside and got hit by a car. Now, he survived, but he was a little roughed up. But that's that's kind of the thing with this particular cat was he loved his home there and was familiar with it. He didn't really want to be anywhere else, so it's kind of weird how animals can do that. I've seen dogs do that, cats do that. It's quite an amazing thing to do. How they do it, no idea. Um, now, most of the cats at Seaside are uh, a sanctuary called Calling All Cats. So, that's kind of cool. It was a cool uh, doc to check out if you're a cat lover. Um, there's a few out there that are all about cats and stuff like that. Uh, I'm glad to see that people are taking the time out to help them, you know, help these animals and whatnot. Because sometimes it's just, people can be downright cruel. And I think back to that video with that guy who... It was in his truck and he ran over some little ducklings that were crossing the street. Like, it just, he didn't give a shit. And there's people like that out there. It's just really fucking sad. Uh, I, I have less respect for humanity generally than I do for animals because animals can't fend for themselves like humans can. So I expect better from humans and they don't, I don't always get it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's something worth checking out. Uh, it was kind of fun. And it was nice to see. And plus, it, it shocked me that just how much hate some of these people get for doing good deeds. It's kind of fucked up. Alright, well, let's get back into some music. Uh, next block, I'm kicking off some band, a band called Vazio.
For a place to take care of all your automotive needs, then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you
classic stuff from Anthrax there with Indians. DJ Dubis with you on Metal Town Radio Podcast. Getting ready to close out this edition of the Hordes of Chaos. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. A lot of fun topics to talk about and some great, great fucking music in there. Special thanks to Metalomania, Krypton Scully, and Sky Nielsen Promotions for their continued support of the Metal Town Radio Podcast. Still about four weeks away from Neko's return, so hopefully I can keep you all afloat with my exceptional personality. Alright, one last track for you before we head out from my favorite EP slash, I don't know what you want to really call it, but MOD released, released this back in like, I think, 89 or 88. Surfing MOD, cool. One side was story version, the other side was just music. Story version was my favorite because it was funny as fucking fuck. Method of Mayhem, or Method of Destruction, excuse me. I'm thinking of fucking Tommy Lee's stupid ass band. <laughs> MOD, Mr. Ufus.
Patrol. 